to the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast with Steve Warren and the coach, Greg Kennedy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. And uh, I'm going to point out right out of the gate that we are still available on terrestrial radio. Our friends in the East End on CJRO 107 FM uh, still got us going on on a regular basis. So uh, hello to everybody who's listening to CJRO. Uh, it is Steve Warren along with the coach, Greg Kennedy. And coming up today, Thomas Shabbat out of the lineup, maybe up to six weeks. The three-game win streak is, or losing streak rather, is now over. Artem Zub might be back this Thursday. And could Ridley Gregg potentially be up for the Calder Trophy? All that and more coming up today here on the program. Greg, how are you today? Good, Stephen. Thanks for asking, as always. I hope you're doing well. Winter arrived over the course of the weekend, apparently. Wasn't ready for that. Yeah, a little blast of snow on Monday morning. We're recording this here later in the day on Monday. And it was a good amount of snow, but it's all gone now, as uh, as it tends to go in, in late October. But uh, yeah, it, uh, it's funny, it appears that Ottawa... Go ahead. It appears that Ottawa is going to have winter once again this year. <laughs> Shocker. It's it's weird. The number of people who said to me, geez, this is early, isn't it? And I said, well, think back. How many times was there snow on the ground for Halloween? It's probably yeah. 50-50, right? Yeah, it usually snows. So. A lot of times you get snow before Halloween. It just it was really, really cold. And I think the fact that it was nice and warm a couple days last week kind of threw people off. But we're not here to talk about the weather, are we? Sorry. Well, it is hockey weather, so let's talk some hockey. Yeah, the Sens in action. This three-game losing slide is over. They go into Pittsburgh and win 5-2. to I thought the Penguins for, I don't know, at least the first half of the game were absolutely dominating, and somehow the Sens got up early 2-0, but uh, it looked to be all Penguins. I thought they played better games than that one, but they come away with a 5-2 victory because Eunice Corposalo was very good. And the Sens made the most of their limited chances. I found that to be pretty much the opposite of what's happened in most of their losses this year. But uh, what did you think of the Sens' 5-2 win over Pittsburgh? See, I thought Pittsburgh looked, uh, yeah, they had the puck more often, it seemed, and they seemed to have most of the play, obviously. But I I thought they they weren't anywhere near as threatening or as dangerous as they probably should be. I think I'd be concerned if I was running the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're not scoring a lot of goals this year. And the the, the three older boys aren't exactly uh, leading the way the way they should be. And Carlson hasn't exactly been lighting it up. I think Pittsburgh should be more concerned than anything. But I was happy to see Corpusalo get a back-to-back. The first back-to-back start, not back-to-back as in days, but back-to-back as in games. The first time that uh, DJ Smith has gone was a goaltender two games in a row. I thought it was necessary, and I'm I'm was quite pleased to see that decision being made. I think it's time to run with the guy for a little while and and see what he can do. Yeah, I mean, after a while, you say this rotational thing's not working out very well. So let's see if we can get one of these guys hot. And for the time being, Corpusalo looks like that guy. Maybe you know, maybe that threw him off a little bit. You know, you sign a five year contract. And clearly making substantially more money than the other guy, you probably arrive in Ottawa if you're Jonas Corposalo and think to yourself, I'm, I'm the number one guy. And then right out of the gate, it's like this rotating musical chairs thing. And uh, maybe he's a type of goalie. I mean, would do you believe that, that there are some goalies that you have to ride, that, that you know, you have to make them the guy, the number one to get the best out of them? 
Oh, there are definitely goaltenders like that, be it because the goaltender uh, has earned it and deserves it. Like, you're not going to take a Connor, Connor Hellebuck and, and turn him into a platoon guy. He's a guy who has to play a lot. Um, but there's you're talking more like from a psyche standpoint, or there's some goaltenders mm-hmm. who, who thrive on that. And I would say, sure, I, I bet there are lots of them out there who, who prefer to be the guy. I need to play a lot. But in the case of Corpusalo, he, while he was a number one, he's never really played. You know, he's never. He's what is it, fifty something? I think is his max. Yeah, I, I can't even remember. It's 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 a low fiftieth. I think he's never been a guy to play sixty or sixty five games. But you know, you sign that kind of contract. Yeah, he's probably expecting it, and uh, I, I think he deserves it. I really do. I think he he's the guy who's looked better. Forsberg has struggled. And I, I, I thought that Corpusalo has been the better goalie. And I thought all along that it would be, it would be Corpusalo more often than not, but uh, didn't start out that way. I guess we'll see what happens this week, but I, I, there's no reason why Corpusalo shouldn't be starting. Is it Wednesday night? There's no reason he shouldn't be starting the next game. It'll be Thursday night against Thursday. the LA Kings. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I, I'd agree. And uh, his old team coming to town, he just took them to the playoffs last year. So You'll probably get a kick out of taking on his old team. I don't think there's any bad blood there because he's only there for a few months and all that. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a game I'm sure he'll be the starter in. A couple of other notes from that game in Pittsburgh. There was no Thomas Shabbat. He's going to be out up to six weeks. I went back to the last podcast episode and kind of spliced that in because, as is custom, <laughs> the second we're done producing a podcast and getting it up, that's when big news breaks. And sure enough, they find, we find out Thomas Shabbat's going to be out six weeks. And so... We also had Eric Brandstrom out of the lineup after that awful-looking concussion where he is not cold in the game on Long Island. So they had to replace two guys. The good news here, um, the silver lining, I suppose, is that Shabbat's $8 million now goes on long-term injured reserve for the next six weeks, which means the Sens can very much afford to fill in for all of these guys that are out of the lineup, three of their uh, top six defensemen out of the lineup right now due to injury. And uh, Nicholas Matinpalo and Tyler Clevin were the ones they went with first, but uh, not an ideal situation because they hardly used them. Yeah, they were both under 10 minutes, which was probably to be expected, uh, especially a road game, uh, a top six that's pretty fearsome. Uh, so I wasn't expecting to see those guys play a lot. They were fine. I mean, it, it, neither of them did anything that was, oh my God, look at this guy. But for what they were, for what they were there for and what the expectation level is for them, I thought they both played well, and uh, it, it it bodes well. I, Clevin is, is a guy who I think we all agree will be playing here uh, in the near near future. He'll be here as a regular, so I, I, I was happy to see him called up. I thought maybe Lassie Thompson might get a look see, but maybe they're maybe they've decided that Lassie Thompson is just a career minor leaguer, and there's no point in calling him up anymore. It could could be at that point with him. But it'll be interesting. Maybe they're going to shift around and bring different guys up and down. Max Gannett's another one that we thought we might see him. But uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens, I guess. Now you got the, a little bit of money to play with. <laughs> Would you <laughs> maybe start aud- auditioning guys, like guys in Belleville? Because I think Yuri Smeichel, if there was no salary cap issues, he yeah. probably makes the team. In, in my, I thought he outplayed a bunch of guys in training camp. And at some stage... You know, I know they just snapped the three-game losing slide, but if if things dry up again at some point, that's a guy that I'd like to have a look at, and, and now you have the money to do that. I'd also look at a guy like Cole Reinhardt, who is one of the better guys in camp, and he's he's performing actually very well in Belleville as opposed to Yuri Smeichel, 
who is, uh, well, he's, let me see here. Where's his stats here? I'm going way down on the list here. Yeah, he's got zero points. In fact, he's only played in three games. I'm not sure he got, maybe he got dinged up. I don't know. Well, the other thing is that I thought Robbie Yarventi had a great uh, preseason for the Senators, so he's another guy. The point is that there's money there that they can actually carry a 13th forward. They can actually carry a 7th defenseman. So next time they go on the road, especially, it'll be nice to have a couple extra bodies around if anything goes wrong, if any injuries come up. So they'll be more like a a regular NHL team in that sense, having a slightly larger roster. Um, Yeah, there's, there's guys there that deserve opportunities, but the guys that are playing are playing so well, particularly up front, like all, all 12. I, I Like if you want to call somebody up, who you, who you sitting out? Like they're, they're, they're playing quite well up front. I can't think of anybody. Well, let me stop and think a little harder now. I don't know that I can think of anybody, Steve. Even the fourth line, I've been very happy with the play of, of Kastelik and Parker. Those guys are doing a great job, especially on the forecheck. Another goal off their hard forecheck uh, in the Pittsburgh game. I don't know that you need to call any yeah, – I'm sorry. I don't know that you need to put anybody in the lineup but it might be interesting to call somebody up and let them practice and, and travel with the team for a while. Who are you thinking about? Well, I think, yes, Smakel would be one of the guys, like I said, no, I meant who Kelly would line up. and Parker Kelly would be the guy that I'd ah, okay. certainly target just because I think he's, he is what he is. And he's, if he, if he has to sit for a few games, that's sort of, I think he fully understands the lot in his NHL life. So that would be a guy that I would probably experiment with to see if I can find someone who does his job but also can chip in a little more offensively. That said, Kelly's off to a pretty good start by his standards. Yeah, and, and should have scored again. He had a he had a nice slot chance. I don't, I'm trying to remember if it was the Islander game or the Pittsburgh game, but he had a great chance in the slot again. The guy's creating things. That that whole line has been creating opportunities, and uh, and not giving up, not being on the ice for goals against, which is all you can ask out of them. A little weird that Max Gannett is. Uh... You know, he, he comes at a camp thinking he may have made the team as the seventh defenseman, and they have right out of the gate in the first month of the NHL season, there's not one, not two, but three opportunities to have someone called up from Belleville, and none of them are named Max Gannett. So it would suggest to me that he wasn't – either he's off to a tough start in Belleville. That doesn't look to be the case because he has four points in six games. More likely, the timing of his being on the team, the other guys were, you know – it was probably strategy based on waivers mm-hmm. and trying to entice other teams. It probably had more to do with that yep. and the timing of waivers than him actually being the next guy up, the number seven defenseman on the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. He was he was kept also uh, new things, new systems or, or tweaks to the system. So some of the other guys probably needed to be in Belleville when they when they started, like from the get go in Belleville, so they could be around to, to learn things and get things down pat power play special teams uh so max cadet was the guy well you know we need an extra body here we'll keep him here because he's a little more veteran and can handle that sort of stuff when he gets down to belleville so now that here we are with our 2020 hindsight deciding that max cadet was really probably only stuck around here longer for something other than he was the seventh defenseman smakel i just looked it up he is a healthy scratch which i'm shocked by I thought he'd be ripping up the American Hockey League. I don't know. Maybe he's arrived in a bad mood, as some guys who think they should be in the NHL do. Maybe that hasn't played well with David Bell, who strikes me as a no-nonsense, does-not-suffer-fools-gladly scenario. But, uh, yeah, what I'm what I'm checking out right here, I don't see an injury. It looks like it is, at this stage of the game, uh, yeah. Yeah, a healthy scratch. 
Shocking. Wow. Shocking. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. I guess you pick up your life in your mid-20s, right? And you come over to the NHL and think, okay, I'm going to give the NHL a shot finally here. And you, and you know in your heart of hearts you're one of the better forwards and you get sent down anyway. That would, uh, yeah, that, that would not go over well with, uh, with some guys anyway. And I don't know if that's the case here, but uh, really quite shocked he's not gone down and just ripped the thing up down there. True, true. Uh, there is an adjustment. There's the adjustment to North America to begin with and the way of life. And, uh, and then there's the adjustment to the game. There's a change in the way the game is played. And maybe mm-hmm. he is having a tough time. Maybe, or maybe he's got a bit of an ego. Like, you know, that's always possible too. Or maybe he's got no ego and he's feeling depressed and he's down. You know, it, it, it's probably got more to do with mental than it has to do with anything else. Artem Zub is back at practice, though, as we get back to the defensive side of things. And uh, he may be ready to go against L.A. on Thursday night. And that would be a very good thing indeed when you're already, you know, including Zub, you've got three of your six defensemen that started the season out of the lineup and uh, not sure he's not positive at this stage, but just the fact that he was back at practice, uh, that's a good sign. And he says uh, he's certainly not ruling out Thursday night against the Kings. And that would be absolutely huge because um, he really provides a nice, steady defensive presence back there. Um, I think it was Shabbat. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a fine offensive defenseman in a lot of people's eyes but I really feel like they have a, enough of that asset on the blue line. Uh, I, I think they just need more of what Zub has to offer than they do of Shabbat. If I'm to pick someone to come out of the, you know, off the DL and back onto the team. Yep. I agree. Uh, Artem Zub, he's a, he's a glue guy, right? He's a, he's a glue guy. He's, he's things stick together and, and function much better when he's around than when he's not. Uh, you, you, Travis Hamannick played a lot of minutes, Fortunately, there's a good long rest here between games, but you don't want Travis Hamannick playing that many quality minutes, let alone any time playing that many minutes. Uh, it's not the ideal situation. So getting getting Zub back as quick as possible will definitely be helpful. Yeah. So Zub at practice on Monday, and Monday was a skills session, skills development, and some people were kind of scratching their head wondering because you've just come back off this road trip there's four or five days until the next game. And if you're going to make any kind of radical changes, that that is often a time that that will happen. And DJ Smith was not at practice, nor was Jack Capuano. Davis Payne was. And it was all just written off like, that's no big thing. It's just a skills, uh, uh, skills development session, not a real practice. So don't read anything into it. And, uh, and that certainly was the case. But uh, I don't know. I, I mean, may, if that's a tradition for teams for their head coaches to just take the day off from skills development i would wonder why that is exactly well i'd say he was still in the building there's there's no doubt i'm sure he was still in the building he just wasn't on the ice for it and you're right it is a it it is standard operating procedure that that the head coach uh, doesn't necessarily go on the ice when the skills guys are out there uh some some coaches are different some coaches like to be on the ice to chat with the guys and have it more of a casual day for him. I'm not in charge today. I'm just going to glide around and talk to guys and, and have a little bit of fun at practice today. Other coaches are, no, this guy's in charge today, and I'm not going to be out there to try to create anything or have people think anything, especially players are going to react differently, but this guy's in charge. It's like if you've got a supply teacher, the head, the teacher himself isn't in the room. 
right? It's sort of like that. I mean, not to say that these guys are supply teachers, but it's a it's a different day. It's a different uh, procedures. It's a different plan. And this guy's in charge of the plan. Let him be in charge, and I will let him do his thing. That's probably the way DJ's approaching it. Oh, I remember the substitute teachers back at South Carlton High School back in the day. Oh, the hijinks we got up to in there backs return on the writing on the chalkboard we get the spitballs out with our pens here you know big time good good fun good clean fun right there uh we'll take a time out of the program when we come back the senators are going to get punished again greg yeah they got punished last week shane pinto got 41 games for uh i guess mucking up the nhl's gambling rules uh 41 games gone won't see him till january You'd think, uh, you know, after the injury to Shabbat and the in- injury to Brandstrom, a three-game losing slide, uh, and that Pinto suspension, you think, okay, that's that's got to be enough. Surely that's got to be it. Uh, no, no, looks like the Sens are going to be punished again by the NHL, this time for the trade mix-up over Yevgeny Dadnov a couple of years ago, and we'll talk about it after these words. Are you ready to take your Ford ownership to the next level? Introducing Ford Pass at Jim K. Ford, your passport to a world of convenience and control. Start your vehicle remotely, lock or unlock it from your smartphone, receive instant alerts about your vehicle's health, and schedule service appointments. Don't miss out on the Ford Pass revolution at Jim K. Ford, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans, or online at jimkford.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. That's the old Dan Patrick jingle. I yes, love that. It is. I love that one. Um, my son's hollering downstairs, so it's, uh, it's also it's a yelling of the day. No, it doesn't work <laughs> as well. But the stat of the day is the trivia question you just hit me during the commercial break. And give me the question once again. Of the uh, 20 Ottawa Senators who played on Saturday against the Pittsburgh Penguins, how many of them played a game with Eric Carlson in Ottawa? And I got it after I threw Kachuk's name out there, then realized, no, Carlson got traded like a few weeks before Kachuk made his NHL debut. Shabbat's out of the lineup with the injury. And so I eventually narrowed it down to, I don't think there were any. That's right. That's your answer. That's, Not a one. That's that's a, that's some heavy turnover right there. <laughs> yeah, it's the stuff we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, right? All the guys that are all the guys that have played uh, made their debuts, their home openers. That number of guys, but yeah, the only guy, uh, the only other one who was in the building would be uh, would be young Ben Sexton. Played two games for the Ottawa Senators, and and he played with Eric Carlson. So there you go, Sexton and Shabbat. The only two guys still around who would have played games with awesome. Eric Carlson in Ottawa. Excellent. I love that. I love that. Uh, great trivia there. And moving on. It's somewhat trivial, I'm sure, this, this whole mix-up with the Evgeny Dadnov trade from a couple of years ago. But I thought we were over and done with it. Uh, it seemed like, okay, the deal went down. And, and just to reset the whole thing. It goes back to 2021, the Evgeny Dadnov trade with the Vegas Golden Knights. At the time of the deal, the Knights were led to believe that Dadnov didn't have any kind of trade protection because he didn't submit his no-trade list to Ottawa in time. And it turned out that wasn't true. The list was apparently right on schedule and still very much in play. So when Vegas tried to 
trade Dadnov to Anaheim last year. It was vetoed because the Ducks were on his no-fly list. So Dadnov was later traded to the Montreal Canadiens. Vegas was upset, and they just kind of went away. And now this week, Elliot Friedman on Saturday reports to the world that, no, no, looks like the Senators are at fault here, and it looks like there's going to be punishment here in the next few days. And I don't, I don't know how, I mean... How does that happen exactly? We've got cap friendly now. Could I can maybe look that up and see? I don't know. It's it's more complicated than that, I'm sure, because they don't necessarily track the timing of things. I think there's some assumptions that are being made, and it sounds like some assumptions were made by the Sens. Um, any thought on what might have happened there? Well, first of all, you remember at the time that this first came up when Vegas first tried to trade Dadnov. Um, you recall we talked about it then, and most of the talk from NHL people and and hockey people was, well, there really, there really isn't any sort of a set rule or standard or method or some way for this to happen, right? Like there isn't something that says you must have this list and give it to this person by this date, right? That's the one thing we learned when this happened the first time around. Mm-hmm. So I don't like the intimation out there that 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 possibly Pierre Dorian was trying to pull a fast one on Vegas, when they asked him, well, is there a no trade list? And, and Pierre said, no, no, he didn't submit it on time. Like, I, I, I don't think Pierre was lying. I don't think he was trying to pull a fast one. I think he honestly thought that he, he never saw any list because maybe he believed that the list had to be given to the team when I think the list actually gets registered with the NHL and then the team gets to see it from there. And maybe Pierre never asked for it or maybe the NHL never sent it to the Senators. I don't know. Um, the other side of this is these people out there who are – the chicken littling saying, Oh my God, they're going to look, they're going to have to give up a first round draft choice. I don't think that's going to be the, the punishment. I think it's probably a fine. Um, I know that precedent, there's no real precedent, but maybe the precedent that people are using here is Phoenix uh, bringing players in and, and testing them physically before they were allowed to. And they had to give up draft picks. But then you look at the Chicago Blackhawk incident and they just got fined. Like they didn't have to give up any draft picks. So it'll be interesting to see where Gary Bettman falls on this issue because I think it's strictly in his lap, his decision to make. But I can't believe it. it's going to be a first-round draft choice. That's just not fair. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, there's no, it wasn't that kind of a deal. It wasn't that kind of loss for the Vegas Golden Knights. They still made a deal with the Montreal Canadiens. It wasn't that egregious. You know, even if the Sens are totally at fault, it wasn't that kind of damage done to Vegas that would constitute a first-round draft pick changing hands. Hey, stranger things have happened, I guess, but I really can't see it either. One thing I'll say is that I doubt that this is going to go over very well with one Michael Andlauer. The incoming owner of this team has already watched the Shane Pinto thing, what's going on there. Um, then now you've got this. this. These things are all happening under Pierre Dorian's watch. You know, whatever level of involvement you think he may have had in any of that. You know, sometimes people, you know, the Pinto thing, it's a kid with a phone and a gambling account and he tried to make a football bet and got his buddy to log into his account back in Long Island. That's all that happened there, in my opinion. But there are fans out there who will say, well, it's a culture. He's creating a culture. Like as with the Uber cab thing. Hey, it's a culture there. No, no, that has nothing to do with Pierre Dorian. I mean, I, there's lots of reasons to be critical about Pierre Dorian. We don't need to manufacture them, Greg. Agreed. Like, the, if you want to be upset with Pierre Dorian about Shane Pinto, 
be upset about the fact that he didn't find a way to sign him or make a trade or free up cap space. Don't be upset with Pierre Dorian or don't be throwing blame at Pierre Dorian over this gambling thing. And I, and I honestly believe the Dadnoff thing is just a, I really think it's just a fluke. It's just a mistake was made. He should have checked it. I don't think he did anything on purpose. There was no malice of forethought involved, but you are right. These things add up with a new owner and a new president of hockey ops who's looking over these things. And it, yeah, you combine that with a bit of an iffy start yet again. Is this just one more nail in the coffin of Pierre Dorian's GM of the Ottawa Senators? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. So that's the Dadnoff story. And we're expecting if Elliot Friedman's on the ball with that, uh, some kind of announcement from the NHL here in the next couple of days. Ridley Gregg is your NHL leading scorer among rookies. He has seven points in eight games so far, and man, is he making Shane Pinto suddenly look expendable? That's not true, of course, but it certainly is mitigating the loss of Pinto, and uh, he had another nice goal the other night against the Pittsburgh Penguins, little uh, deflection from a Claude Giroux, sort of a hard pass, and he deflected it, and uh, yeah, just, just a really useful, smart hockey player, and I think about where he's at right now. He's he's managed to be the best rookie scorer, Greg, in the month of October. But now he's got a comfort level of knowing Shane Pinto is not coming back anytime soon. We might even see a better hockey player moving forward. For sure. I, I, I mean, mitigating is the exact right word, right? Like, okay, Shane Pinto's not here but Ridley Gregg has certainly picked up the slack. It's wonderful to see. And I got, I still firmly believe that the senators probably had him ticketed for Belleville. Right. I don't know that yeah, they saw they him being Pinto. in the lineup. Yeah. I don't think they saw him being in the lineup. Now in the summer, I was, I was trying to say the guy should be playing left wing in your top six. And that makes your third line all the more powerful. I thought that's where he was going to end up. And I, I could still see that happening when Pinto comes back. I could see really Greg playing left wing on your, one B line and a third line with, with Tarasenko and Batherson and Pinto or something like that. I can see it happening. This has been phenomenal. He's he's shown great deal of chemistry with Tarasenko and you got to believe Tarasenko is capable of 30 goals. I'm not going to say 40, but can the guy score 30? How many more, how many points does really Greg get? If Tarasenko scoring 30 goals, Matthew Greg is or sorry. Matthew Joseph is certainly going to do way better than he did last year as far as points go. So really, Greg, it really is going to have a good year. He's going to put up points just because of the chemistry that he's shown with those two guys. And it's not just that he's a fill-in and, okay, we'll put this guy here for now and see how that works out. No, no, he, he's earned every every inch of the ice that he's gotten, every minute that he gets to play, he's earned. The guy has looked really good. And it, it rather than looking at it as, oh, maybe Pinto's expendable. Let's look at it as, oh my God, how much better are they going to be when Pinto's there as well? Like that's the, the next coach is going to be real happy with this team. Yeah. Shane Pinto, <laughs> like if, if this stuff isn't going down with Shane Pinto, you know, what if Ridley Gregg goes on to win a Calder Trophy? It wouldn't have happened. And I'm getting way ahead of things here. It's very, <laughs> very early, obviously, but he's off to a very nice start and, and big things could come. And, you know, who knows where Gregg's career goes if he goes down to Belleville for another year. Um, I really feel like now with Pinto out until January mm-hmm. that Greg's going to be a guy that, uh, I mean, a risk, unless he really drops off a cliff here, that's a guy that I think is in the NHL now to stay. He got a goal in the Penguin game. Uh, other couple of guys like uh, Kubalik got his first as a senator. Drake Batherson 
our pal. Mm-hmm. He got his first goal of the year as well and a nice breakaway to kind of cement things at 5-1. And you know what? We'll get for sure Drake Batherson. I shouldn't say for sure. He's got to say yes, but he's very agreeable to coming on the show. So we'll try and get him on for the next episode. And uh, and speaking of those Penguins, uh, Adam Johnson, as we close out the show, is a guy who had a brief uh, cup of coffee with the Penguins. I think he played like, I don't know, 15, 20 games for over a couple of seasons. He was in the Penguins organization for a while. And that organization is just devastated after Adam Johnson was killed in a game over the weekend. Um, it was, uh, I, be- I don't know what they call it now. It's like the British Super League. Mm-hmm. Sheffield Steelers. I've had uh, like Denny Vial, former senator, went over and played for the Sheffield Steelers. And they were playing Nottingham the other night. And it was just an awful situation where Adam Johnson has got the puck in the neutral zone and he's carrying the puck in. He tries to cut to the middle and the defender on the play, um, it looks like he's kind of going to miss him to the outside. And then just sort of, he's involved with, uh, there's a bit of traffic and there's some other players around, but it looks like his instinct is to, you know, kind of keep him from going to the inside and beating him. He kind of lips, sort of whips his leg back and, and tragically it, it catches Johnson in the neck area and unfortunately died on the ice. Just an awful, awful situation. I mean, what do you say? I mean, God, it's a terrible, terrible situation. Uh, What were, what was your, I mean, your reaction I'm sure was just shock and horror like the rest of us. Yeah. It's just, you you look at these types of things. It's, it's the third one that I can think of. I know there's been more, Uh, there, there must've been more, but the Clint Malarchuk obviously comes to mind and it was Richard Zednick with the Habs, I think was the other one. Um, yeah, Donald Odette this, had a bad one too. Who, sorry? Donald Odette. He was with oh, the Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It. Yeah, but you just, it's it's sad. It's just, my God, like of all the things that could happen in a hockey game, injury-wise, this is one of those ones that just, it's a pure fluke. Like it has to be at the exact right angle and you have to be at the exact right angle to get hit there and it's just terrible. And then you then you think, okay, what what do we do to, how can we prevent it? Well, the only way you prevent it is with throat protectors. And I can't see the NHL going to throat protectors, at least not now. You know, you look back, um, Bill Masterton of the Masterton Trophy, of course, he he died on the ice, or, or sorry, he died later, but but died from a hit on the ice without wearing a helmet, conked his head on the ice and ended up dying a couple days later. Um, it That was like 1968. It wasn't until mm-hmm. 1979, I believe, that a helmet rule came into the NHL. So if right. you think suddenly the NHL is going to say, all right, everybody's got to start wearing Kevlar throat protectors. We're a long way from that happening. But the sad part is, or the silly part is, that it might have prevented this. If they're all wearing Kevlar throat protectors, it wouldn't have happened. So I don't know what the yeah, I mean, answer not, is. Yeah, there's certainly no, they're not foolproof, of course. I mean, you can only, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of area that's going to be exposed, but you certainly help further mitigates the potential of what is a very rare occurrence. I mean, it almost never happens. I think about the the swift reaction when at a Columbus game, I think it was Ebsen, um, Espen Knudsen yep. who shot a puck the, over the glass into the yep. end and it, it hit a young woman by the name of Brittany Cecil, a 13-year-old girl, and she tragically died from that. Almost immediately, the NHL did adopt netting at the end of rinks, and I think, well, pretty much every arena I know of has that netting up now. So that, that too is a rarity where fans are struck and killed by pucks, but the NHL did act almost overnight for that. So who knows, but you know, I think there's enough players that 
whether it's vanity or whether it's uncomfortable or whether it's not cool, um, I, I don't see it happening. Um, but I got to say, I'm when I'm done recording here, I'm off to my men's league game at the Sportsplex, and I, you know, it, it kind of popped into my head. Maybe I'll go grab a neck guard on the way. Yeah. Well, the distinction there, of course, was that one involved a fan. This involved a player. If you want to do right. some sort of a rule, the NHLPA has to agree. You know, and that's that's why the helmets took so long. That's why the, the visors took so long. The players have to agree, and they're they're probably <laughs> I can't see too many of them agreeing and wanting to do it. Yeah. So it, it could take a long time. Sadly, yeah. Prayers up to uh, Adam Johnson's friends and family. That's got to be a, a just a horrible thing. And uh, and I know there's a lot of pointing of fingers right now at um, at the young man that is going to have to live with this for the rest of his life. And uh, you and I were talking off the air and it's, it's just impossible to think that anybody would have that as, as an intent, as some people are saying on social media, it, it, you know, it was, it was a weird, unusual play and, and a bad instinct, but uh, this young man's been, you know, he played Ontario hockey league. He's played for a long time. Um, yeah. He's, he's a rough player, but um, he's going to have to live with this for the rest of his life. And I, I can't help but, fire prayers out to him as well because he's got to be absolutely devastated right now exactly and if you're if you're some of those it's it's impossible i just i cannot believe that that it was done with any malice it was not done on purpose i I, i'm sorry it's a freak accident and and it's a shame and two people's lives have been affected by it yeah all right let us call it quits right there ladies and gentlemen don't forget that our website is sensnationhockey.com we invite you to check that out at any time information about the show how you can contact us if there's anything any feedback for us on the program we have patreon memberships there as well if you want to give the show a little shot that'd be great sensnationhockey.com and as well i'll put a plug in as well for the hockey news i'm the site editor of the sends page so that's thn.com slash ottawa share with your friends and uh, yeah, check that out. Greg, enjoy your day and we'll talk to you in our next episode. For sure. Thank you, Stephen.